Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Tradie Business School podcast, the only podcast you're ever going to need to grow and scale your trade-based business, but any business for that matter. A lot of what we teach is applicable across the board. Today, we are celebrating International Women's Day, but we're going to go one better and we're going to turn this into International Women's Month. So tune in today and for the next four weeks where I interview some amazing women uh, who have been hugely influential on my life um, and do uh, superhuman things uh, on a daily basis and think nothing of it. So uh, I hope you enjoy the show. Please welcome my first guest, Yuan Lu. Yuan, thanks for joining me today. It's amazing to have you back on the show. It's really about you and celebrating you. So how's how's things going? You're like getting into the late stages of your second pregnancy now. That's right. I'm your second child. Weeks. Exactly. 34 weeks. And so we're we're coming to the crunchy end of the deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're literally going, oh my goodness, we're gonna start setting up baby stuff. We've completely left it to the last minute this time. Um yeah. But, you know, obviously things are different. Running two businesses, already have a three-year-old toddler. Uh, so things are a little bit more manic this time around. Yeah. And and I think that this, you know, this is going to be a really good episode for, for women out there who are juggling all this stuff and just talking about, I guess, the trials and tribulations of, of you know, I guess growing a business, evolving that business, managing being a mum, managing being a wife, all of those sorts of things. And this is really also for the men to listen up and stop being whiny babies about all the things that you think you've got going on. Because the women I've got on today, you know, they, they're no, no, in no way short of being, you know, wonder women in what they do. So, you know, I really want to just, I guess, go back to, I guess, the start of, I, let's say, your career when yeah. things were pretty cool and you had all the time in the world to kind of do things. Uh, yeah. Before you decided to start, you know, building multi, you know, six-figure businesses and, you know, growing babies inside you and and doing all the things. Take me back to the start. How did it all oh come goodness. about? I was reflecting on this myself the other day. To you know, once upon a time when there was all the time in the world. So I knew from the beginning as a dietitian, I didn't want to work in the hospital. So it was always going to be private practice. But the way they painted private practice in our industry is you set up a clinic somewhere, whether it's in a doctor's um, office or physiotherapist studio, and you just see patients that's referred to you. So essentially, private practice was just basically contract-based, one-on-one clinical work. Yeah. Um, and that didn't really sit well with me. You know, I was traveling from clinic to clinic and it just didn't feel cohesive and it didn't feel like I could really... Uh, you know, put my point forward, be able to share my values in what I did and be able to create this cohesive space. So we ended up having a our own clinic. So in, in private practice in the health space, that is like the pinnacle when you've got your own, you know, um, building, you've got your own offices, you've got your own staff. And so we did, we had that. And that was, oh, geez, how long ago was that now? 20, 2016 was when... The business existed as that, so we had it as, for- as a clinical practice. Yeah. Before before that, though, did you have a quintessential job, or did you come out of uni and basically go straight into? I just practice? went straight into private practice. I oh. had, like at the tiniest stint in a hospital it was like a, a three to six month stint um, in a hospital, 
And from there, just realized it was not for me. I didn't like the fact that they were just saying, oh, yeah, here, someone's just had a stroke. So what you're going to do is you're going to take this piece of education material that's dated 10 years back and you're mm. going to just run them through outdated information. That to me just never sat well. So yeah. um, I didn't last very long in a job. So it was always going to be. I was very, very <laughs> unemployable. It's, it's really funny. Like I see this, like not just in men and uh, and like so I see it in both men and women. Sorry, is that and we've talked about how unemployable I am these days, <laughs> and and it's just it's that common trait that that shows up in in business owners and high performers is that they just constantly push that envelope, and and, and even and even design. what was that? Sorry, they've got their own design of how they yeah. see things done. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's a tip for anybody out there. Like, if you're thinking about starting your own business, like, it's probably the best way for you to go because you're probably going to start butting heads with your boss sooner or later. That's exactly right. And so when we eventually got our own space, it was a really sort of uh, scary moment because there was a lot to invest in, obviously, you know, getting the premise, setting the premise up, and there was absolutely no guarantees that once we had everything going that we were ever going to get um, clients through the door. So it was, I guess, test number one as a business owner was that transition from clinician to business owner. Mm. And I didn't do that part of it particularly well. I didn't have a lot of help in the form of coaching or mentoring. It was just taking random stabs in the dark, you know, emulating what people around me were doing and hoping something would stick. And yeah. that didn't work right because in, you know, I think it was a, a couple of years up until that point, we'd finally gotten the business to a point where it was overall turning over about $10,000 a month maximum. That was the highest month we'd made. Wow. And that was nothing when you think about them paying the rental of the actual premise, the staff, with contractors. And so I'd hit a bit of a, a, a bit of a crisis point, if you will, um, where I had time, <laughs> but I had no knowledge, no skill as far as business growth goes. And as a result of that, I had no money. So that's when I bit the bullet and invested in mentorship. Um, and I think this is the thing, you know, is if you're looking for mentorship and you're looking to get someone in to help you, you've got to, you've got to be honest with yourself, right? And I was super honest with myself that it was I was never going to figure it out on my own in good time. Right. I, I didn't want to waste the next five years. <laughs> I've got a I've got a question for you though. At that point in time, mm. could you afford oh the- the mentoring. <laughs> I knew the question. The no. answer is no. Um, yeah. Because this is the thing, right? Like I have this conversation with people all the time and I know you do too, right? It's the whole, the whole oh, I don't have the money, right? I can't yeah. afford it. But the thing is, and what I want to challenge people listening to is you probably can't afford not to either. And I think that that was very true for yourself. I know You're it was right. for me. Yeah. Is that you, you just, you can't keep, you can't afford to keep beating your head against the wall and trying to solve the problems by headbutting bricks. That's exactly right. And when you genuinely don't know what the next step is, you can keep like what I was doing, throwing mud at the wall and hoping something sticks, or you could actually shine a light on it with the right guidance, right? So there was no way. I was not affording it. In fact, I had to ask for a broken down payment plan just so I could get into the program. Um, But one thing that I knew I was able to do was, I had the ability to follow due process. So whatever was laid out in front of me, I did the work and I did it really, really fast. 
And I started getting results really, really fast because obviously when you invest in mentorship, you know, you get that guidance, that guidance. Yeah, you set you set some kind of record for consuming all the content in like a week or <laughs> in something. In the first week? Yeah. I know. They released the content to me. I was bugging them to release the content to me over the weekend and they're like, calm down. <laughs> You'll get your login details Monday morning. And I did. And um, as soon as I got my login details, pretty much it was clinic all day, come home at night, get some dinner into me, and then it was straight into the content. And it wasn't just about consuming content. It was then pausing the videos to set up my ads, pausing the videos to set up all the things that needed to be set up. And it worked really, really well. And I think, you know, within six months, we had taken the business to that sub 100K mark to over half a million dollars in in turnover. Wow. yeah, and and in that time, other things that really changed as well was our mindset around what we actually needed to have a successful healthcare business. Mm. And so it was over that period of time that we actually ended up um, saying goodbye to all of our contractors. We ended our lease with our premise after that year's uh, lease was up and um, we transformed it. Well, we transported everything online. So hang on, you... you- you built your business to half a million dollars, then you sacked everyone and moved out of your premise. Correct. Excellent. I mean, that seems like logical business to me. <laughs> I mean, we started to realise we actually had no need for the amount of staff or the uh, premise itself because everything was happening online or over the phone. And when we were with our clients, we were in you know, Port Douglas in a retreat or we were in an event space, you know. So it just made no sense to hold on to an old model that wasn't serving us anymore. So I think that was the second really, really tough part of this business journey was being able to be open-minded enough to shift the way we had done things to embrace new ways of doing things. And that to me was a huge leap of faith because... You know, in our industry, having your physical premise, having your team staff, like I said, was considered the pinnacle of success. So it really challenged my understanding and my ideals of what success looked like. Um, So that was a big turning point. And at this point, you know, I was really lucky in that I had my husband in the business. He was primarily on the phones doing sales. I could focus on content creation and delivery. But he hated, he hated (laughs) And and this, I think this is really important, right, for all those couples that are listening, right, because I I know I went through it and I know you're about to talk about this, but this this kind of, we see this all the time, um, both with the the business owners that you and I help now is these partners, you know, husbands, significant others, whatever it may be, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers whatever it may be these multiple people in business together by default not because they want to be there because it just they think it makes sense but very rarely does it ever make sense and very rarely does it end up in a really fruitful business so go on please continue Exactly. So you, had, you were lucky. You had your husband. Lucky. I, mean, I, I was lucky <laughs> because, you know, in many ways, this was kind of my own journey as well from coming out of my shell into becoming a leader in my space and in my business was there was always a little bit of fear there. And so having him there in the business, it kind of eased that fear because there was two of us. We were both in it together. Mm. And um, this brings us to roughly 2018 when I fell pregnant with my daughter. Yeah. And, you know, at that time when I fell pregnant with my daughter, I was really, really counting my lucky stars because I had 
a horrendous first trimester with morning sickness. So it was great having my husband in the business. But the one thing I noticed in that space was I was not feeling relaxed because every day I would check in with him and micromanage him saying, you know, how many sales have you, how sales calls have you made? How many dials have you done? How many calls ended up in a, you know, a sale or not? And um, he felt really under, under the pump because I was, you know, managing him. And in, in a relationship when your husband and wife, nobody likes to be managed by their significant other. But in a business setting, that was kind of my job was to do those check-ins and make sure he's hitting his KPI, so to speak. Yeah, and that's and a challenging so, thing, right, is you've got to have those clear boundaries exactly and you, you need to have those roles and responsibilities too. But the challenge is, is it becomes such a grey area of where do we draw the line here? Where is it relationship? Where is it work? Exactly. And it got to a point where, you know, he'd come to me and say, oh, you know, that sale didn't close, uh, you know, into a yes because, you know, they gave me these objections and this is how I handled it. And I would, I would give him advice on how to handle the objections that I wasn't at the time handling myself and that would tick him over the edge <laughs> um, because he's like, you're not even doing it, you know. And I went, you know what, he's got a fair point, but also how do I manage this situation? And it wasn't until I was about five months pregnant with my daughter that I had a bit of an epiphany. And the epiphany was that I needed to take control of the wheel. And for as long as I left that control to my husband, I was always going to feel out of control, number one. But two, I was always going to be in a position where I had to manage him because how else am I going to ensure that the job is done? And he was miserable. And he only did the work because he wanted to make me happy and he didn't want to, you know, feel like he was letting me down. So it was a bit of a relief moment for him, if you will, um, when I came home and I essentially fired him from his role. <laughs> what? You fired your husband? I fired my Are husband. Are you still married? And more happily than before because wow. what I didn't realise was I was having all of these these stories and these, I guess, worries that he was going to take the the sacking in a really bad way. But in his eyes, it was the blessing that he was counting on because he couldn't actually say, I'm done in that role. Um, Because he didn't want to let you down, you know, and that's that's the stories that we talk about all the time. He had a story he didn't want to let you down. You had a story that you didn't want to fire him because he was going to hate you or whatever it may be. That's exactly right. And in the end, um, I remember that entire drive home, I was practising my <laughs> my, uh, firing my firing speech. speech. <laughs> 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 and, uh, you know, sat him down, had the conversation, asked him what he really wanted and asked him how he would feel if I was to exit him out of the business. I used all of the most, you know, benign <laughs> language. How can I avoid the, How can I avoid <laughs> saying the thing that I really need to say? That's yeah. exactly right. And I said, how would you like to, you know, exit the business, take a few months to yourself and then be full-time dad for a while until you figure out what your next step is? And he took to that so, so well, like a moth to light, right? He just loved the concept of not having to deal with sales again. Yeah. So I was literally five months pregnant when I had reduced and dwindled down my staffing down to myself. Yeah, so, nice. Yeah, it was a really scary moment. 
Um, because all of a sudden I had to pick up the pieces with marketing, with sales, with content creation, delivery, all of the steps, all of those steps that we talk about that make up, you know, the business. Of business yeah, yeah. Um, I was doing it. And, you know, it was exciting at first because I could then see how all those, those bits and pieces were locking together. But it was also extremely, extremely scary because now there was no fallback guy. There was no one I could yeah. fall back on and lean on. It was it's all that up. extreme ownership, isn't it? Like it's, it's empowering because you're not abdicating your responsibility to other people, yeah. but it's also, yeah, frightening because it's, it's frightening. Like, it's I, I have to do it. this now. And therefore, whether the business succeeds or whether the business fails, there is no ability at that point to blame it on anybody else. It was just all on me. For me, you know, I have a a very strange tenacity, if you will, to make things work. So um, between then and when, you know, my daughter came along, we actually had some of our highest sales months and we ended up putting on quite a lot of new clients and also putting away quite a lot of cash so I could actually have a little bit of a break when I had the baby. And so, you know, it was one of those moments where the trust and the faith in in self started to really develop. And we haven't really looked back since. So my husband's been stay-at-home dad uh, for the last three years, and now he's about to prolong that uh, tenureship as we're having another one. But, you know, for me, it is about, it's the jungle. Right. And I think I think that's one thing I love about your story and your relationship in particular. Like, is it, it smashes so many quintessential stereotypes of the the man has to go to work and be the breadwinner. Whereas you're you've built this really successful business. You've you've basically done your days by design or doing your days by design now. And your husband's like the stat. And the, the 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 misogyny comes out, right? The Mister Mum, right? Because we've got that programming that it's the mum's job. But like, he's a stay at home dad, and and he's bloody good at it. It's like I love seeing the little snippets every now and again of Charlie running a mark and and him as yeah, well. That's and exactly it's, and right. it's cool, yeah, yeah. So, so you you you're <laughs> yeah, and, and this is the thing we see with like high achievers all the time, right? This crazy shit that they do, like. Start a business, build it to half a million, fire everyone, move out of the premise, <laughs> uh, come home, get pregnant again. Well, you were pregnant again when all that was happening, weren't yeah. you? Yeah. Um, and, and then and then fire your husband and then in take the everything the on in the yeah. middle of the pregnancy. Exactly. Fast forward to now, like you've built the business up again. You've opened up like a secondary arm um, or basically a second well, business. Well, we've got a second business. So, yeah. you know, the second business was kind of like an organic flow on where I was teaching where I am, I should say, teaching healthcare business owners yeah. how to do their businesses, right, outside of that traditional model, which for them is bringing in no money, it's sapping all their time, all of their energy, and it's essentially driving them nuts because they're seeing people they don't want to see. So, you know, starting that business, I think we started it in October uh, last year. Yeah. No, not last year, sorry, the year before 2021, October 2021. And um, within 12 months was able to build it to multi-six figures. So it was, you know, it was a very, very successful first 12 months in the business. But what that also meant was a shit ton more work. So it yeah. was sort of this business that I've got over here, my core business, and then it was about also 
stepping into a new mind frame of, you know, niche work and marketing and sales. And And then just for a curveball, you thought, oh, it's time to be a mum again. Well, exactly right. I thought, you know what? I don't want the gap to be too big between my children. So it's either now or it's I'll just keep putting it off forever. I just didn't expect it to happen as quickly as it had happened. But didn't expect it to happen, but you're partaking in baby making activities, young lady. I, I was, I was, uh, I was giving myself about six months, and this comes down to my own health, right? Because yeah, underlying all of this, I do have polycystic ovarian syndrome and endometriosis. So yeah. fertility was always a bit of a, you know, a, a bit of a touchy sub- subject. Um, where doctors were convinced I couldn't fall pregnant naturally, which we debunked when we fell pregnant with Charlie. Um, but I was giving myself about six months of trying before I actually would succeed. It happened month number one, and that's what I, <laughs> I didn't expect it to happen. Hi, Achiever. <laughs> I'm one from one, 100% strike rate. 100% strike rate. So we didn't expect it to happen so, so sort of quickly. Yeah. And so it just kind of fast-tracked everything. And just like, you know, previously, trimester one was horrendous um and i also got you know i think a a sinus infection it was just it wasn't fun but it was that sort of going all right well i've got two businesses i've got two sets of clients i've got to serve serve and i've got to grow and i've got to grow a baby and i've got a toddler and that kind of juggling act so you know the tough part was this time around you couldn't just sleep whenever you wanted to sleep and sleep till whenever you wanted to sleep till. There was a three-year-old chomping at your bits at 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the morning. So every day without fail, that was something that was going to happen. And then you layer on top of that, you know, running a couple of businesses, one of which was pretty new and still in that growth phase. It meant it meant a lot of compromises. It meant, you know, sitting up in bed for an hour and a half to do a sales call and then straight away lying back down to have a nap. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then meeting people on the call to go and throw up and then coming back and yeah. then getting back on the call, which happened multiple, multiple times. But, you know, that's that's part of the juggle. And I think, you know, there's something about at this point where I started to realise, okay, so there's something new that I need and what I needed was to be able to get some more help. And so, you know, that's a really tough one as well because the mum guilt sets in. And the oh, but, 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 but nobody can do it as well as I can um, sets in. And you tell yourself new stories about my help is just not. That, not that mum guilt and, you know, being that this is about International Women's Day, the, the mum guilt, like, is huge, you know, just, you know, that from the time that you're, you're not spending for when you're there but you're not there and, and things like that. And I know you've got a really good handle on that, but. Even then, like, I mean, you teach this stuff day in, day out, but even then it still tests your own boundaries and limitations and, and stories, like you said, the narratives exactly. that come through. It, it tests my own mindset around it. And, you know, I found myself rapidly burning out because I was juggling so many things. I was dealing with first trimester issues of pregnancy yeah. um, and, you know, energy levels were just at an all-time low. And so that was a time when I decided, okay, we absolutely need to get help. But the form of help looked a little bit different depending on the stage we were at. So we first we got a nanny where we could get them in on weekends 
and they could um, do activities with Charlie while Sean and I could go out and have a bit of a break, you know. And yeah. that's huge for us because just being out on a Saturday in the middle of the day was just like, how is this even possible? Normally we have a toddler and we're doing activities around her. And so that was really good to have that space back. Um, and then being able to have evenings, you know, being able to get a nanny at nighttime so Sean and I could go and have dinner or just be able to relax. Just these little bits and pockets of time that we were able to come. And, and I think I think this is really interesting, right, because when everybody thinks about hiring and expanding their business, the first thing they think is, you know, admin people, more employees to do the work. Whereas I, I, I remember the first time you kind of challenged me on that was what if you got help? outside of work and That's actually got the help at home so when you get home you can actually decompress and that and that sort of thing so you know this is really you know important is that your first hire doesn't necessarily need to be in the business it can be at home and and probably you would challenge you would challenge the fact that it should be your first hire is that support at home now you know you went and hired a nanny but obviously people quite often will bring in the help of family but I think this is, you know, really important is that you've got to get that help one way or another, right? That's exactly right. And I think this is also what motivated me so much to keep the businesses going and to keep the revenue going because it enabled me to then pump money into areas of help that I absolutely needed in that moment. And so hiring um, a nanny, um, being able to put my daughter in daycare more days, um, and now she's in kinder, so she's, you know, there three, four days a week. And just being able to have that alleviation of um, responsibility at home. So yeah. I focus on, you know, growing my baby, but also it alleviated my husband because he, as a caretaker, also can go through caretaking burnout, right? Yeah. So it allowed him to decompress as well. And it allows us to work better together because as much as I default him as the you know, the the primary parent, primary parents burn out too and they're humans as well and they need decompression and they need time away and they need all of that too. Yeah, yeah. It's all about being able to recognise what is the highest need in the moment. And now that I'm so close to actually delivering this baby, this sort of second hire, if you will, that we got was someone to be able to really service my clients. And so we just hired a clinical coach. Um, and all of these things, you know, it's funny. It's kind of like when I hired my mentor all those years ago is, am I in a position where this is easily affordable? The answer is always no. Like when you put on staff, you're never going to put on staff going, oh, I've got buckets of money ready here to go that can service this staff member in, indefinitely. That That's never the situation. The situation almost always comes down to a, I, I can't afford not to hire this person, right? But also right now, it's a pinch to hire this person. But you've got to work out what that higher need need is. And for me, that is the higher need to alleviate me, to get me more time and energy back so then I can continue to grow the business. So it's like it's a constant strategy game Yeah. when it comes down to it because you're juggling so many different pieces of Mm. the puzzle. There's so many different balls that you're trying to keep floating in the air. And at some point when you start to recognise certain things dropping or that certain things are threatening to drop, you've got to go, well, what what do I need to do to actually keep those really important balls juggling and let go of the ones that I don't need to juggle anymore on my own at least. And, yeah. you know, there's there's all of these um, considerations. So, yes, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big mind juggle. Yeah. 
That's um, I mean, that's been quite the journey, and and uh, you know, we're we're pretty well out of time now. But like, I I just I'm absolutely in awe of um women in general. But you are one of the special women in my life that that help me and keep me on track. And you know, I thought that I used to juggle some stuff, and and you know, I would push myself to burnout limits. But um, you know, your your journey's just been amazing to watch from the client space and the friend space as well. Um, and just, you know, watch you experience some of the burnout stuff that I was experiencing in the early days because there was a narrative, right? The story was, how would she know? She's a young, you know, fit woman who's never been burnt out in her life. But, you know, you you certainly have helped many, many people, you know, probably hundreds of people now, if not thousands, through, you know, platforms like this start to recover from burnout and those sorts of things. But in amongst all of that, experiencing your own burnout, you know, going through the evolutions of business, I just think you're amazing. And I just want to take this opportunity to publicly thank you for your time, energy, effort, and all the things you've certainly done for me and and my family because that you literally gave them their father back. And, um, you know, just being the awesome role model you are to women out there and, you know, your your daughter, probably daughters, I think. Yeah, we're be, like, they're just going to be, I think they're going to be, oh, well, Charlie's already an amazing human. She's just so full of life. And, and yeah, thank you for being part of this episode. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing what you bring to the, the community at the end of the month for the event. So, Amazing. Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to that event as well. So, yeah, yep, watch out, everybody. Thank you so much for having me, as always. It's always an honour and a pleasure. No, thank you very much and uh, happy International Women's Day. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye, Yuan. Bye. Well, that's a wrap for today's show. Thank you for joining us here at the Tradie Business School podcast. Please don't forget to uh, like, subscribe, turn on your notifications so you know when the next episode drops. And most importantly, share this with uh, someone that you think could benefit from it. If you've got any questions or would like to connect with uh, either myself or our special guests, please do not hesitate to contact us at hello at tradybusinessschool.com and we'll have a great chat and um, we'll take things from there. So have an amazing day. I look forward to speaking to you soon.